Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Chicago, Illinois, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. And we are back with another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you. We have Mike Lynn with Training Pros in the room, but... Uh, consciously and intentionally not mic'd up. I think that was probably a good call. <laughs> for the safety point. of others. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we've had a fantastic morning. Uh, we've caught up with some old friends, made some new ones, had some very insightful uh, and interesting conversations so far, not to put any pressure on our next guest. I think this is going to be a marvelous segment. We're going to get a chance to visit with Senior Associate Strategic Operations Training for Inner Workings. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Miss Kelly Dowd, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, can you share a little bit about Inner Workings? What are you guys up to? Sure. Oh, not much. No. <laughs> um, well, Inner Workings is really a brand optimization partner for a number of clients, Fortune 500 companies. And we provide innovative marketing solutions that include print management and just help to be an extension of their brand. So I get to work with every industry under the sun. It's a new experience every day. So now from the training perspective, what do you, who are you charged to train? So I'm training production managers for the most part and other members who are in an operational role. And they come to Chicago for training with me generally on so our your firms all over the all over. We service clients all over the world. Um, and the folks that I'm training are actually going to be sitting on site with the client as a part of their team. Oh, wow. So I get them, uh, in, at least in the onboarding piece, in their first week, I help them with our proprietary software, with our processes, basically giving them the solutions to arm them uh, and empower them and helping their customers. And then they fly and they're free and <laughs> and uh, run wild. So it's, it's a really fun way to have a, a global presence. So you're part of the onboarding of every employee? Uh, everyone in an operations role. So quite a number of employees. And then we have, I'm sure you've heard a lot from your other interviews about a blended learning approach, sure. but we are definitely big advocates of the blended learning approach. So we will follow up with e-learning and then I will do a 2.0 training later on in their tenure when they're a little bit more seasoned and go over a deeper dive of our processes, tools, and resources. And we were talking before we went on air. Your background, really, at least initially, music, theater. That's right. I yeah. have a show tune degree. <laughs> it's, uh, I remember uh, in the in the auditorium on graduation, just having this thought like, oh, my God, I just majored in show tunes. What did I do? Thank you to my parents for supporting that. But actually, it ended up being a great thing because in college, I got a lot of experience with improvisation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... It, in transitioning into the corporate world and being a sales trainer, I use improv techniques all the time in training. Um, Is that your secret sauce? Yes, it's my. <laughs> it's funny because when I started, I had a recruiter tell me never to tell uh, potential employers that I had a theater background. They were like, "Just put that degree on there, but don't say what it's in." Really? Hopefully, they don't ask. A recruiter said that. Yeah, that's interesting. A recruiter that shall remain nameless, of course, <laughs> but. Um, you know, I found as I've progressed in my career, more and more organizations are embracing the benefits of improvisation training. Um, and the number one rule in improv, as we were discussing mm -hmm. earlier, is yes and, which is to say that you 
take an idea from your partner or in the sales uh, sales world, your client, uh, your prospect, and whatever they say you are saying yes to and you're building on. So it's a great way to foster creativity and communication. And collaboration. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, I've used yes and for meetings. I had a, a very contentious meeting at a former job and uh, I, there was nothing getting done. There was a lot of arguing and I said, let's have a yes and meeting. <laughs> so the rule was that no matter what anyone said, you had to acknowledge verbally yes and agree and then add on to their idea. Um, and you'll find that while you pitch some of the ideas and they go away, a lot of those yes and ideas end up being those really innovative solutions. Mm -hmm. So that's great that you're, the organization you work with now allowed you to have the freedom to try this and yes. test this. So how has it gone? It's gone well. I've started, you know, I've been with Inner Workings for about six months, and a lot of what I do is technology-based. Oh, so you're a troublemaker. That's right, yeah. I've we're going to do this improv thing. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm like, new what? here, but trust me. Guns <laughs> trust me. Yes, and Yes, and Bam, bam. <laughs> uh, I, I, to make it a little less scary, I won't use... Like vocabulary that's strictly <laughs> theater. I'll make it more kind of corporate. Um, an example of that would be, you know, the base rule of scene study is uh, objectives and tactics. So, and, and you'll start to notice this in movies, but you want to have a strong objective that you know is achievable, like SMART goals. You can identify when it's been achieved. Um, so I'll use that in sales and mm -hmm. objective they're okay with. And then uh, the other piece of that is their tactics, which is what you're using to achieve your objective. Right. And that's what I would call their sales arsenal. So I'd say you have to have, you know, a full sales arsenal and be ready to change your tactic when it's not working. And um, when I've worked in the past with cars.com and Tribune Media and trained, especially inside sales, you know, they can get in that scripted rut where they're using the same script 300 times a day or using the right, same. Right. So they're not even listening to right. what the person's saying. It's they're not just a like, I'm just going down this checklist yes. in my head. It's so hard to be a salesperson and have to hear no so many times a day. It can be so debilitating. Mm -hmm. that it's easy to just fall back into features and benefits. But I find if you're really playing a strong objective and using your tactics and switching when they're not working, because what's the definition of insanity, right? right. Trying the same the thing, thing and over expecting. Over and over, different results. Exactly. So um, it's a good way to get them uh, back into kind of a more organic mode. And you want them to be an active listener. And yes. I, I find the yes and kind of helps that along because... They have to hear what the person's saying right. and kind of repeat it back to them and build on it. Yes. And. and <laughs> <laughs> see how two, that happened? <laughs> Mike, Mike, you and I can go to lunch. These two are going to be talking all afternoon. No, this is just so right up your alley. Lee, you talk about this all the time. And now that I think about it, when we're developing our studio operators, our underwriters who host shows, I, I can see now you've been tricking me. You've been changing the vocabulary just like she does. Right. But you are, you're, teaching our system a lot of these same things that's so great to hear and it works right it does and uh, there are companies now that will go to second city and comedy sports right. and um io and take their sales team or even you know any team really mm -hmm. to just help build that communication um great book recommendation would be del close's truth and comedy this mm -hmm. is like the improviser's bible right every young improviser has a tattered copy somewhere but it's a short <laughs> quick read um del close was the founder of second city and all of the techniques in that book work for sales they work for hr i mean they're really totally translatable to corporate world and i would think that um a creative 
a company like yours is more open to embracing yes. some of these techniques than Absolutely. maybe like an accounting firm. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you, have to be, you have to be careful. I don't know that necessarily you can attach that t- type of description to a specific industry or type of firm. I know why you would say that, but it does speak to your culture. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very creative culture. Um, one of our, our, our big tenants is the status quo bores us, which when I walked in the office for my interview and saw that they have it on a beautiful decal on the wall, and I was like, yes, the status quo <laughs> wow. bores me too. And we're not interested in delivering learning solutions that are status quo. If we're expecting our employees to be really innovative and creative, why would we want to be dry and typical? Right. So we really customized the client to the learner um, and try to make it a fun experience where you uh, have been almost deceived into learning right (laughs) what was that interview like because this was only like six eight months ago right yeah it was wonderful um i i was really looking for cultural alignment first and foremost a company that fosters learning and development Mm -hmm. growth which is harder to find than you'd think um training can end up being something that's an afterthought for organizations right So when I met my now manager, Jenna, who had been, she really built the training program from the ground up. Uh, It was really her baby that they, they say yes to her all the time. They're a yes and organization because um, she'll say, we need to, you know, build out our ongoing training, or we need to find blended solutions for e-learning. The other sign that this company cares about training is that they are, letting us use Articulate Storyline, which is a great learning and development software for mm-hmm. synchronous and asynchronous learning experiences. And it's really easy to use, but it's it, you know, it's a commitment to get this software on board for an organization that we, we have probably less than 10 trainers for a global presence. How many so. employees? 1,600 across the globe. Oh, thereabouts. with 10 trainers? Yes, and we don't train mm-hmm. everyone. Um, and certainly... There, there's challenges with that. You know, you have to embrace technology that's going to help you to communicate out. Um, there's barriers with language, with time zones. Um, so getting support from the top down where they're allowing us to fly around the world, they're allowing, they're flying employees in to see us to mm-hmm. just build that face-to-face connection because ultimately e-learning is a great tool to support ongoing training, but it to me is not utilized best as a standalone solution. There has to be something else that is the bread of that sandwich. Uh, So I think that you want to be working with a place that's not going to say, let's just build out a bunch of e-learning, fire all of our trainers. Right, (laughs) and we're done. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's nice when you can can do a little bit of everything and design and and implement, um, which is why every day is different, which is great. So now, um, what was it like? Uh, you graduated with your degree, and then uh, how'd you make the pivot into kind of the yeah. learning world? Well, I as I always acknowledge too. I mean, if I had gotten some sort of big break mm-hmm. or been super talented, <laughs> I'm sure I wouldn't have gotten into. It. But um, but you wouldn't be here then. <laughs> that's right, and I would be missing out on a great conversation. Um, so I I was doing that actor thing where I was trying to do a bunch of part-time jobs while I was acting and I really took any job I had. Right, the anything for money strategy. Oh my (laughs) goodness. My first theater gig uh, was on the L. It was a show that was like 
during the Chicago Ween, it was on the L, and you were performing on a moving L train. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to do anything to be paid. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so I'm the person spinning the <laughs> sign in front of the store. Yeah. I'm in show business. You have a lot of, <laughs> right. you do that with such grace. Um, so I, I took a corporate job just because eventually you realize that money is a necessity in this right. world. And uh, I started working at cars.com and was an account manager there. And I, it's an open air environment. So I started listening to those around me and a lot of the, the, you know, my theater bag of tricks that I was using in conversation, people would say, Oh wait, you know, what is that technique or how did you do that? So I started training from a subject matter expert perspective. So you were getting, you were good. You're getting good results. How cool is that? It was really cool. And just transitioned into training. Mm -hmm. Um, also, like many other training and development specialists, I'm sure this has happened where the person who onboarded me was so passionate and really nurturing and and totally got that concept of as a trainer for onboarding, you really are kind of like a counselor, you're, you know, a support a mentor, person. Right. Yes. And and so I was like, I want to do that. She really made this a great experience for right. me. So yeah, it, it it just ended up being a fantastic thing. And and then I was like, Theater Schmieder, I love training. Right. I mean, and you're it's using great. the skills. It's yeah. not like you're not using the that's skills. That's true. You know? Yeah, no one's ever surprised when they find <laughs> out, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But I try to keep the the tap dancing and singing to a minimum. <laughs> Look, if it helps someone <laughs> right. learn, you know, you got to yes, be open to it, right? Absolutely. You have to be a cheesy to be a trainer, you know? <laughs> Rhyming, acronyms. It all helps. It all helps, yeah. So I want to talk about global for a moment. Okay. Uh, because when I was your age, the North Pole for me was Hartsell, Alabama. So my, <laughs> okay. I've only recently had an opportunity to travel a little bit. And, I, sure. and so I'm beginning to see that there's some marvelous opportunities in tapping into uh, the diversity of other cultures. Right. And it's just wonderful to start to experience. And I have to believe trying to design and deliver training to a global yeah. workforce, that's got to be just absolutely wrought with some challenges. It yeah. is. And I think the biggest challenge is, and it, and really this probably is a challenge whether or not you're working in a global organization, but um, bridging the gap between a subject matter expert and an end user, which is mm-hmm. all of training kind of comes from that space. But when your subject matter expert and end user are in different states, different time zones, sometimes even different languages, it, you don't get the opportunities to sit with them at their desk and watch them go through the process. So, um, you know, the, the major solutions are just going to be, first of all, you need a technology platform um, that allows you to have some face-to-face, whether it's Skype or Google, right. where you can actually see each other because you have to be reading if what you're saying is landing. Right. Uh, and to do that, you need to it, see that. Right, them. it's hard to pick up those cues on an email, right? right? Or a text. <laughs> and it's so hard in a multi-generational uh, environment, too, right. when you have those millennials who their communication style of preference is email, um, even if they're in the same office. Or so, text. Or, or text. Or, or some other, yeah, tweets or boops <laughs> right. or bops. I don't I don't even know. Um, so you have to, to find a way, I think, to communicate on multiple levels. So maybe you're sending an email and following up with a phone call Mm -hmm. and then sending them to some additional resource. So I think, you know, my two approaches are always not letting the technology rule me, but finding the technology that fits my messaging. And then just having a consistent blended approach across communication in general, even during the needs assessment piece Mm -hmm. of design. So hopefully that will continue to work. (laughs) 
Now, from a training standpoint, how do you translate, which I'm sure you're good at the standing up in front of everybody and sure. communicating, and then, you know, now you're dealing with a little square on a screen, yeah. and you got to, you know. It's hard. I And I found that there are a lot of great webinar platforms out there where you can almost do just as much as you could do in classroom. The only piece that's missing is going to sometimes be that face-to-face if you Mm -hmm. don't have a a good video capability. But I try to still have a lot of participation. So I do a lot of passing the presenter um, when I'm using a webinar. So the technology we have allows us to do that where I can see their desktop, access their desktop, and I'm all about the demo. Um, I think that is the best way to learn is to say, I'm going to show you this process and then I'm going to pass presenter mode to you and you can show me um, and have them do teach backs. Mm -hmm. Even online, you can do that. So that's great. Um, And then I think just you need a little bit more one-on-one follow-up. If you've done a webinar training for a class that's, uh, whether it's small or large, you want to follow up with each participant at some point to just make sure that you weren't missing because you're not seeing those, those right. cues. You don't see the nods and right. all the stuff, right? And people might be too, it's tough on webinars to get people to speak up and participate because you have to unmute yeah. yourself. You have to like raise your little virtual right. hand and it can be very intimidating. So I don't like to neglect the quiet learner. I like to make sure that if I've noticed Rather than doing the old school teacher thing like, Danny, we haven't heard from you, you know, <laughs> right. which can really embarrass someone. And then put, and put them, them on the spot, right? Yes, exactly. Um, I, I would rather just follow up with them afterwards. Just kind of privately. Yeah. They're usually much more comfortable then, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't neglect the introverts out there. I mean, uh, introverts are often mistaken for seemingly having apathy, but really that's just a different communication preference. So how'd you learn that? One of my the best friends is an introvert, and I'm married to an introvert, <laughs> if he's listening. Um, so he, I'm married to a, a gentleman who's an accountant, and he's a little bit more quiet, uh, laid back. He's the chill guy. I'm the high maintenance <laughs> crazy one. So um, it's I've learned that a lot of people, when they first meet him, will think he's... He doesn't like me. Right. But right. he's just a little shy at first. Right. But And that's that's uh, that's why I've learned that... Well, what would I do if my husband was in this training? <laughs> How would I reach him? Uh, we hope he'd pay attention. He'd be in trouble if he didn't. But it's great that the, though that you're naturally empathetic. Like you're trying to put yourself yes. in the learner's shoes and different styles of learners right. and communication styles. That that's fantastic. I want to ask you about SMEs. Okay. All the way back from there's the designing the training, and right. so there's the the exercise of going and tapping subject matter experts. And surely there's a skill set, and maybe uh, it makes sense to have rigor, discipline, methodology associated with that. And then I also wanted to ask about if and how you ever incorporate uh, SMEs in the actual delivery. Sure. Yeah. SMEs, you know, I always say not every player is a great coach. And most subject matter experts were individual rock stars. You know, they were the best at what they were doing and then were promoted up. And by the time they've gotten to you, they've forgotten what it was like to be that end user or what it was like to not know. They're encumbered by so much knowledge. So I like to go to the end user first and watch their side of the process if I can, or at least kind of interview the end user and ask them not just what they're doing, but why they're doing it. Often by the time they've been in a role for a year, they've forgotten the why. And then I, from that interview, kind of write down some knowledge gaps that I think maybe could be addressed by a subject matter expert. 
follow back up with the subject matter expert and then have an interview with them where usually they're trying to teach me the process. And probably at some point they were teaching the process themselves before trainers were brought in. Um, And then you take what they have and marry it with the end user and do some Googling um, (laughs) for those things that don't make sense. And, you know, there's so many great resources out there. Um, I've been working lately on a forest stewardship council project and it's really technical and I'll just like Google and YouTube like what's a basic way to explain this or that so that you can get back in that layman's perspective Um, and when I work with subject matter experts in training I prefer to give them kind of a guideline of where the conversation needs to go and some talking points but then I'll kind of moderate and have some questions on my own that I want to ask to progress learning forward so I never just plop the SME in a room with a learner I'm always just there say, go <laughs> yeah <'cause laughs> I'll be over there <laughs> right. that I would like to broadcast and record if you do that call me <laughs> yeah. up with yeah I mean uh, while well, I check my emails right. real quick. text me when you're done <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you have to be very involved it's like when you're working with the trainees, you are the the counselor, the therapist, the coach, and these other people are coming in and they're the the guest stars, you know? So, yeah. um, so you have to bring out the best in them. And then what I hope happens is that an organic discussion starts and mm-hmm. I don't need to moderate anymore, but at least to get them started, right. uh, it's important to have some, so have a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's next for you? Well, I hope and I I have every reason to believe that Inner Workings intends to continue to build out their training and development. I thought you were going to say keep you on the payroll. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Even more aggressive. You think they're actually going to have you doing some cool (laughs) stuff. Okay. Yeah, I think think they're pretty on board with training. uh, And so I hope that we keep going with training. I always want to have as some part of my life, career life, um, classroom training because that's the most fun. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's organic. It's different every time. So I hope that's always a piece. And then in terms of career development, I would love to uh, put together some sort mm-hmm. of module on improv and theater techniques for sales. And maybe at this point in my life, I could be honest about what it is I'm doing <laughs> and not hide the vocabulary. Don't you think um, there's a book in her on this whole topic? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Oh, or an great. audio book or both. Or, yeah. I mean, I really, I'm serious. That, I think a lot of companies are embracing. Um, I'm LinkedIn connected with the gentleman who does improv skills for sales as well. And we talk all the time about, um, you know, different ways that you can get upper level C-suite people on board with this thinking. Lucky for me, I think in the short time I've been at Inner Workings, I've really experienced that top down culture of you know, you need a C-suite that cares about their employees and exhibits and that. And thinks it's important enough to invest in them, Exactly, right? yes. And and is willing to, you know, be a part in building that out. So right. it's nice to have that where you, you have some autonomy and agency to run with your ideas, which is great. So now if somebody wants to learn more about inner workings... Where would uh, they go? INWK.com. We've just, re- <laughs> we're, we're loving our, we've rebranded. Everything looks gorgeous on our website. Uh, just Google us. We're doing lots of cool things. The case study section is really fun. You can see some of the things we've done for clients like Adidas and, and their showroom. And it's really, really a fun site to play around with. Well, I cannot think of a better, more fun way to wrap up the morning session here in Chicago. This oh, has thanks. been a blast. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. We'll have to do an improv game after, <laughs> There you right? go. Of course. That's what, <laughs> that's what we do on the plane. That's right. <laughs> yes, and. Yes, and. We'll be back after lunch from Training Pros Chicago. 
This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.